What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Use a prompter. Oh, here we go. Did it surprise you? Yeah. Of here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly, and we're broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting from Show Creator Studio South of Las Vegas. Leave that one in, ready. We're moving on. This week, Penn and Teller put in a brand new trick into the show. We believe it's called Balloon Coincidence, but don't quote Penn on that. Here he is, preach the love. Pendulous. Did you say brought to you by Masterclass? I did not. We're brought so, to you by Masterclass. Brought to you by Master, <coughs> Masterclass. <coughs> and we're going to talk about ma- Masterclass <coughs> later. Uh, <laughs> as someone might have... Oh, I should just tell you, Masterclass is, you know, lifelong learning. Yes. What could be better than that? Yeah. It's all we live for, really. You can now get 15% off a of Masterclass <coughs> going to Masterclass. <coughs> Dot com slash pen. pen. We'll talk more about this uh, later. I mean, I didn't mention it, but I am currently taking Masterclass. We'll talk about that. Yeah, later. yeah, yeah. That's fine. I just want to be clear. Okay, yeah. But I want to tell you that, uh, as you can probably tell by uh, Ready Rich and somebody else, other people texted me and said, E-flat, dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you played that on a loop, and gave me a keyboard. How long it would take me to realize it was an E flat? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Long time. How are you, Matt Donnelly? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing okay. Busy week in our household. My wife's been involved with the uh, remounting of Jersey Boys at the Orleans Casino. So we'll be at the Orleans. Then. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I understand because of their their marketing that some of you are just learning right now for the first time. Didn't she? Didn't <laughs> she try to do something else at the Orleans? She was a part of Bridesmaids or something. She was part of the Bridesmaids. She directed Bridesmaids, the parody there that ran. Is this the same room? No, they moved into the big main room, like where Rickles would play. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Stephen Wright and those people. That's not a bad room. It's a fun. It's it's a good room. It's a good size room. Wide. It's very wide. No balcony. You don't want wide for comedy. No, but you don't mind. Jersey Boys is not comedy. Musical. Yeah, you're fine there. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, saw yeah. Stephen Wright there, and he was very, very good, yeah. but only because he was very, very good. Right. Hard room to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the people there, too. What else I see? I don't know. I was there <laughs> with uh, with Siegfried and Roy when it was Siegfried and Roy Day. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Magic yeah. Live is always there, so the magic showcases are in that room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But tickets are around 70 bucks, which is pretty cheap for Vegas, mm-hmm. and the bar there is very affordable, which is good for locals, so I think it's going to do well there. Oh, good, 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 good. She's directing? She is. Right now, she's assisting the team from New York as they put everything together there. Mm-hmm. But when they get on a, on, a, on a jet plane and leave, mm-hmm. she will be the director in charge there. Boots oh, on the, the ground. director in charge. Boots Resident director. But not, sta- that's in that stage manager? But she's no, not no, stage manager. not stage manager. Yeah, yeah. What's the name for that? I think resident director. Oh. <laughs> I mean the name you used. <laughs> I mean, it took me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I gave you two before I said the right one. <laughs> Resident director. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll be good. She knows that every part of that show. That's it. She yeah, can yeah. do Frankie Valley, can't she? I think she can. In both senses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's a phone call away either way. <laughs> Especially when he's at the Westgate. Very convenient. Is it the same size? Are they cut it down? They actually, this cast is smaller. Stature? Yeah. They, now everyone's Frankie Valley. Anyone can be Frankie at any moment. 
<laughs> and the nice thing is it makes it look like a bigger place where you're further away. It's like ACDC. The, ACDC is always closer to you than you think. The Lollipop so Guild cool. presents Jersey Place. <laughs> but there's small, fewer number of people. Fewer number of people, but they're do, But the band is a 10-piece band. Oh, 10-piece band. That's yeah. a serious-sized band. Yeah, so the sound there is pretty great. And then they are doing the full Broadway version. Ah. Which is interesting. Was for it Vegas cut audience. down for Vegas mm -hmm. before? Yeah, yeah. So this is a longer version? That's right. At the Orleans? That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So even more stupidity. <laughs> Jersey boys. Even more, even more, even more stumbling into success despite all of your personal <laughs> characteristics. Jersey boys. <laughs> it's a real rags to riches story in terms of that. It's a miracle they aren't in jail, Jersey boys. You too might have a chance. That's the that's the <laughs> It is a true, if these guys can do it, anyone can. Yeah. It's the ultimate Broadway musical <laughs> story of hope. It's the feel good. It's feel good. You can fuck up everything. <laughs> and still. And still have a hit single. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the story of how loyal he was that he paid off his friend's debts because otherwise people would have killed him. Allegedly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It shows his, how big his heart was that he didn't want to be killed for not paying off other people's debts or, or somebody guessed once yeah. that's a the music is so catchy and we have such a fascination with italians and and, and the association even just a whiff of mafia which the show has <laughs> the the whiff of mafia otherwise the story is like hey these guys get successful then boy they fuck up and they owe a bunch of people money and then they just keep working till they pay <laughs> it is the plot of jersey it's the plot yeah and then oh rock and roll hall of fame too yeah. They never said you wouldn't get in. You didn't say you dreamed about it. But here we are. It's the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rock and roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. But people, I mean, I think, honestly, what, what, what that musical is the smartest about, and it being a jukebox musical, is that it never actually uses the music for characters to communicate to one another. The yeah. music is in concept, in context of the show. The music is because what they did was create music. That's right. Yeah. So they're never like trying to like sing a love ballad to one another using a song that you know. You know, my nickname for our guitar player was always Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Like, it's a great example. Sherry is like, shit, we need a hit song. So we wrote this one. Here's Sherry. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it, yeah. they're basically, it's Casey Kasem, the music. You know, when you come on stage... When you come on stage, I don't think you should skip anymore. I think you should walk like a man. <laughs> right, exactly. Things like that. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Trying to put those songs in, I, in I did like. Context. I didn't really like the audience that much, but my eyes adored you, <laughs> which I always thought was my eyes of Georgia. Oh. I always heard that as "My Eyes of Georgia," which also is a separate beautiful song. I yeah, think. "My Eyes of Georgia" yeah. would be would work. Yeah, uh, and that's when they stopped doing Sunday school. <laughs> it was "My Eyes of Georgia" tour. "My Eyes of Georgia" tour. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the other thing. I th you know the Woody Woodpecker theme. Da 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 da. Yeah. Da 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 da, which is a goofy song. Yeah. Now I thought, boy, if that tune were put to another use, it wouldn't be the Woody Woodpecker thing. Everyone's dancing. Everyone's laughing. Huh? And I'm all alone in the bar. Oh. Everyone's singing. Everyone's playing. Is this your own song? Yeah. We are about the tour. This is, this is two hits. We have two hits on our hands. Right off the bat. We have an A and B side right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. We got it done. We got it done. We got it done. Uh, also, uh, talking about, this was a, this is one of the stupidest ideas for a conversation we have ever had. Never Talk, stopped us before. Talking about entertainers being mobbed up, allegedly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, when you listen to the history of rock and roll. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby Fuller. Bobby Fuller decided he would not team up with the mob mm -hmm. and that maybe he would bang a mobster's girlfriend. That was Bobby Fuller's decision. Bobby Fuller ended up covered in gasoline, all his bones broken in his car, in his mother's driveway, dead as a hammer. Last words were worth it. <laughs> she was that hot. Yeah. Now, Tommy James. Yeah. Tommy James with the Sean. You know what really bothered me about Tommy James with the Sean? There's several things that bothered me about Tommy James with the Sean now. But you know the song Money Money? 
Yes. Uh, money, 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 money. Well, I would hear that. And then I lived in New York and I would see the, whatever it is, the municipal something of New York, right? The bank that's Boney, M-O-N-Y. Yeah. And I would think going by, <laughs> Money, Money, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's where they got it. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't make a musical about that. No. <laughs> Hey, Tommy, we're driving by the bank. What does it say? Money. Oh, it's got a ring to it. Wait a minute. But it's too short by itself. What could you add after it? I don't know. Say it again. Money. Money. That's it. Tommy James with Hanky Panky, I think yeah. it was. Do the Hanky Panky. When, it, when he did ha Hanky Panky, which is really interesting because that's a song that uh, came out like right when Kennedy was shot, mm -hmm. and so it just there was a B side because the A side was like my friend John, coincidentally, and no one wanted to hear that. So Tommy James and the Shondells learned Hanky Panky from a band that played on a bill with them, who had learned it from another band that played on the bill with them, who had learned it from another band who played on the bill with them, who had learned it from a record that they heard once. So although I think like Ellie Greenwich or someone real wrote it, yeah, uh, it was nothing. It was just like a game of telephone. <laughs> Everyone's kept passing. My baby does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like my set's short five minutes. You got anything? <laughs> was that it? Like why do you? It's like oh, just do hanky panky and you're done. Yeah, because it was a big hit for everybody. It brought the crowd to their feet. Yeah. So when they split up. When they were no longer playing on the same bill, hey, let's do hanky panky. Do you remember it? Do the hanky panky, sure. I got it. <laughs> Probably an E flat. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Tommy James had four record companies trying to sign him after hanky panky. And he got a phone call from a mobster who said, don't sign with any of them. You're signing with me. Tommy James said, yes. He had a long and successful <laughs> career. Well, that was allegedly... I mean, it's so funny when the mafia cares about entertainment, right? They don't. That's the thing it's to understand. It's just the power They move. don't. It's just that when your jukeboxes were a fabulous way to launder money. Yeah. So if they could put out the records, they then didn't have to say how many records they pressed, and they could launder money that way. Oh. So it, they had no interest in music. Because, look, in 19, I think, 80, 79 or 80, mm -hmm. the Lakers. We're talking sports. We're, we're right. We're, Basketball. Look at you go. L.A. <laughs> L.A., right? Yeah. L.A. Lakers yeah. basketball. Uh, Kobe Bryant played for them. Uh, yeah, but not at this point. But uh, hey, yeah. everything I said was right. That's true. Full point. That one little honk. But they were going to try to get Jerry Tarkanian, who's the coach of the UNLV Rebels here in town. Armenian. And. Uh, like Cher. Yeah. Like Ross Bagdasarian, who's Alvin of the Chipmunks. The only Armenians I can name. And they went to uh, get him to coach. He was going to say yes. And suddenly one of his friends ended up dead in the trunk of a car. And Derek Tarkanian stayed as the coach of the UNLV Rebels. Huh. They cared that much about the coach of the local college basketball team to kill people. <sighs> and I mean, allegedly, we don't know. That seems crazy. It does, but it gives you a great deal of power in whatever field. <laughs> it does change the rule. If you if you decided, yeah, I don't want that librarian to plant geraniums in her home garden, and you killed her grandmother because of it, yeah. there would be no geraniums. <laughs> if you're willing to kill for insignificant things, those insignificant things yeah. will be accomplished. <laughs> Okay, so... Ready, Rich, there would be no geraniums to be a fine episode title. To get into a subject that we probably can't get in as much trouble with, I was in uh, West Paulette, Vermont. Yes. And I stopped by the library. Mafia country. <laughs> <laughs> Home of the mob. Totally mobbed up. And uh, I went to the library. Yeah. Uh, very, very beautiful little library. Gorgeous little library. And they had, this is interesting. I think it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I try to imagine someone listening who would think this was interesting. Can't bring them to mind. 
<laughs> Even an imaginary one. But boy, do we not want to get killed, so we just have to change the subject at all costs. Yeah. We're going on with germaniums. Okay. They had, you know, you know what a card catalog looks like from the old Dewey Desk? Yeah, system, yeah, yeah. Which no one has anymore. Those thin, long drawers that made a nice, clean noise when you open them and close oh, them. Oh, so good. And I also have in my mind parts of the Dewey Decimal System, because I used to go to the library all the time. Right. So I knew that religion was the 900s, and I knew that stuff. I liked the Dewey Decimal System. It's useless now. So do the Deweys. The Deweys did. Dewey Decimals. It's also got a good name. Yes. And you know, Nicholson Baker cares about card catalogs. He, uh, he buys card catalogs and collects them and stuff. He thinks that there's information. Never mind. That takes up a lot of room in the garage, that's for sure. That sure does. Now, what are you going to have? You're going to have the old zigzag? You're going to have the card catalog. Yeah, I mean, you're talking from, about a guy with a suspension rake that's driving my wife crazy. From right? Paulette, so, yeah. Vermont. So I was in there and they had, I want you to picture it like uh Kind of sort of a four-foot cube uh-huh. kind of-ish mm-hmm. up on legs. Yeah. That's not the dimensions at all, but I'd set it. So There's a height to them. There's a height to the Dewey Decimals. Yeah. Well, you each drug. Yeah. Very satisfying. Yeah, yeah. They had put seeds in there. They had all kinds of different seeds. Okay. Uh, vegetables, flowers, all kinds of seeds. Anything that can grow from a seed- Alphabetically, yeah, in a in a Dewey decimal, yeah. and you could, and this is, uh, you could take seeds, yeah, out of there from the library. You could check out seeds. Now I said to the librarian, because this is a this is a hill I'm willing to die on. I said, you don't really loan seeds; they don't come back. Once you, and she said, well, these seeds are getting kind of old. We're going to get a whole bunch of new seeds. And I said, well, you're not loaning seeds. You're giving seeds away. Right. And she said, we're a library. And I said, it's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> but are you? You're a you're, you're lending library. Yeah. You can't lend a seed to be planted. Right. They could then grow that, let it go to seed, put the seeds back in. But that's not what you do with the book. I'm going to check out. Catch-22 by Joseph Heller. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read it. Then I'll write another book, and I'll bring that in and put it in place. <laughs> by the way, it's a great idea for a library. <laughs> We're a very special library. That's an amazing library. <laughs> you borrow the book. You read it. You bring back a book that you wrote yourself. And you know how like in the uh, there's like that, that, that bookmark that always has who, who had it before you kind of yeah, thing, yeah. right? So if you go to where Catch One used to be in the shelf, there'll just be another book there. Yeah. And then a card of all the books that have replaced it since <laughs> everyone's looked for Catch-22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My Cat Purper. <laughs> that was one of the weaker ones. That's the one that someone brought in there. Yeah. yeah. They wrote it. They wrote short. It was very short. I have a cat named My Purper. Eyes of Georgia. <laughs> Epic novel. <laughs> Sweeping. And here's someone that novel. rewrote the words of the Woody Woodpecker thing. <laughs> To have kind of a Frank Sinatra 3 a.m. feel. Yeah. Huh, very clever. Movie. <laughs> so, after I didn't get anywhere with the not loaning thing, <laughs> I said, she said, we're getting new ones in. And we, that's what she said. I think we're going to get a new container for them. Yeah. I said, what if you took this out, the whole thing, dug a big hole, Buried it and watered it. <laughs> Strongest of the plants survive. Yeah. Grow through the yeah. uh, Dewey Decimal System thing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it would be a great idea. Librarian did not agree. No. Okay. She said, I, 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 you, boy, you bury the whole thing. How would they grow up through there? And I said, you know, you're a small town librarian. Yeah. You're supposed to nurture. Yeah. The ideas of the people that come in, not shoot them down. I believe you don't see the seedling I am right now. <laughs> right now, you're giving me no water. Mm-hmm. No, attention. You're leaving me in a card catalog. <laughs> and then uh, my friend and I up there in Paulette talked about that a lot. Yeah. And we were really interested. What, ha- <clears throat> what happens? <laughs> Walk like a man. What happens if you... I mean, when there's leftover seeds at the end of like seed season, like burpees. Yeah. If you're working at burpees, 
mm-hmm. which is a good name for a seed company. I don't like it. <laughs> if you're working at burpees, you, you and I are two guys working at burpees. Yeah, yeah. And they say, ah, you know, the petunias, we got the new petunias in. We got the 2025 petunias in. Yeah. And we didn't move all the stock, the 2024 petunias. Yeah. What do you want to do with them? And then you say, we could give them to the poor. And then I say, the poor don't need petunias, you right. dipshit. Right. Right? Yeah. And you go, oh, that's right. They don't. But but the poor need beauty. And I go, yeah, but they don't need petunias. Right, you know? right. We go back and forth. And then one of us says, well, there's 20 boxes, okay? There's 20 boxes of petunia seeds. Why don't we get a backhaul when you say, well, Cheryl's busy. And I say, no, 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 no. I don't mean that. <laughs> I don't mean Cheryl up in the front office who's a backhaul. And then I say, like, I just I just don't like the way you talk about Cheryl. It's about time we talked about it. And you'll say, you're the one who actually brought it up. I was never talking about Cheryl. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. Yes, I've heard the rumors about Cheryl being a backhoe <laughs> to the mob. And I say, I'm, I bet I can get her to date me instead. And I think nothing bad will happen. <laughs> nothing bad. What's that gasoline I smell? <laughs> me, I'm Tommy James. No one would dare lay a finger on hit maker Bobby Fuller. <laughs> oh, he fought the mob and the mob won. <laughs> The law wasn't, the law just put it down as accidental death, which is what's really funny. The detectives put it down as accidental death. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Accidental death. Covered in gasoline, all his bones broken. Do you have a chance to fight the law or the mob? (laughs) Take the law. Take the law. Take the law. You you fought the law and the mob won. Yeah. (laughs) And we say, let's get the backhoe. And you say, leave Cheryl out of this. I say, I didn't bring Cheryl into this. Right. Right. And uh, why don't we get the backhoe, right? And I bite my tongue. <laughs> right, exactly. And why don't we dig a big hole mm-hmm. and put in 30 boxes of petunia seeds, Yeah, fill it in, and then let nature take its course? Yeah. What do you think? Would there be like a lot of petunias or none? There'd be a lot of petunias, and then- People would come in and go, oh my gosh, look at all those petunias back there. I go, you like those? Those are last year's model. Yeah, exactly. Look what now, I got for you over here. You're talking about, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think you like those? This That's factory air, these petunias. <laughs> There's also the seed vault, right? There is a seed vault. Yeah. Isn't Finland. the seed vault in danger because of global warming or am I, I think wrong it's in Finland. That? Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought, they, I thought that we, they were like buried in ice. So that they could yeah. be preserved. And I yeah. thought global warming was putting the seed vault in danger. Yeah. I think I read one article about that. Yeah. I'm very interested in the seed vault. I mean, yes. not interested enough to read anything. No. But interested enough to make shit up. Interested enough to picture a giant Dewey Decimal <laughs> vault <laughs> in Finland. Yeah. I would say. Giant drawers. If global warming. Yeah. Thaws them out. Yeah. Water them. <laughs> water them. <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. I think so. They sell seeds that are just seeds for wildflowers mm-hmm. that you're supposed to just scatter in your backyard. Don't do is it, and that's supposed to be helpful for, is that is that merely cosmetic for your backyard or is that actually do I good? I, I, I just, just think that, I'm always- You just, like the idea of just tossing things around. I'm always disappointed in gardens. Yeah. You know, you always think, oh, we're going to get great food out of the gardens and it's just work. Your tomatoes are very good, though. They I've are had good. tomatoes from your garden. They are good. They I are don't good. do any work on that. Button. No, your your wife does. I've had yeah. your wife's tomatoes from yeah. her garden. Yeah, yeah. I don't do anything. I don't do it. But I'll, I'll tell you, I had a friend who was from Jersey. Yeah. Oh, now you're yeah, listening. I'm right. Eyes wide open. <laughs> and he missed Jersey tomatoes. Yeah. When he moved to San Francisco. The tragedy. I was such a. So he studied Jersey tomatoes. And he started growing tomatoes in San Francisco. That tasted like Jersey tomatoes. I had some of them. They were the best tomatoes I ever had. Sorry, Jersey. I didn't really love tomatoes at all until I did the Cray Ray thing. And then all of a sudden, I loved tomatoes. Yeah, they're good. And now I still love tomatoes. But you can't get good tomatoes. And that's it. I missed on my own. I was, I was you know, you grow up somewhere. Yeah. I didn't, I took Jersey tomatoes totally for granted. Mm-hmm. And now- You thought these are what tomatoes are. Yeah. You know, tomatoes- we just have a just a wealth of information here. Yeah, Tomatoes are one of the most complex tastes 
that exist. Did you know that? I, There's like 27 different smells and tastes. I didn't know that, but you know what? I'm not surprised. Okay. I, I, you, ah! yeah, I was there. I was there. Okay. <laughs> Good. We have a full double blind on that now. Good. <laughs> Scientifically. <laughs> The, the, we, we didn't want you to think that you couldn't be surprised. That's right. Now the audience knows that I authentically am not surprised that tomatoes. <laughs> Speaking of Jersey. Yeah. You said that defense lawyer. Yes. Defense lawyer Donnelly. I was talking to my dad about the. the $83 million. $83.3 million Eugene Carroll case. I just case. love the fact that you, you're in a case. Where they're going to do punitive damages that are going to be commensurate with your, uh, so that you can damage you enough for the amount of money you have. You know, like that guy, you know, like in Sweden or Switzerland or one of the other countries I don't give a fuck about. Where they Talk keep about all the seeds. Shit countries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just water. Eisterstan. What's that? Eisterstan. Eisterstan. <laughs> do you know that they have speeding tickets that are totally commensurate with your income? Oh, man. So a really rich guy was going like 10 miles an hour with the speed limit, and he had like a $300,000 fine. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. When I was a bartender, I would have sped like crazy. <laughs> On the books, I was making like 20 grand a year. <laughs> I just would have tossed cash as I drove by. Yeah. So, so uh, What are you going to find me on the next one? <laughs> so Donald Trump, who lies about his income when it comes to be punitive damages, it's really funny. So, you know, the lawyer, the lawyer for uh, E. Jean, yeah. right? The lawyer for E. Jean knows that Trump's a lying sack of shit. Yeah. Right? And she knows he does He says his brand is worth uh, $10 billion, $15 billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says that his, uh, his Mar-a-Lago shithole is worth like a billion. Yeah. He just says this shit. She just plays in court for the jury. That makes me laugh so much. It, you saw the guy lying on the stand. Now we're going to take his lies as truth to hoist him by his own petard. What's a petard? Uh, isn't it the thing that holds the sword? No, you fool. Oh, no. It's a bomb. Did you know that? I didn't. No. It's a bomb. Oh, uh I really it's was blown up by your own bomb. Scabbard is the word I, that I. Scabbard and petard are two different words. And win and lose are two different words. Yes, they are. Okay, all right. I got a lot to learn today. Okay, so what's 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 Davy for the defense? So every every article was very quick to point out he's going to appeal. He's not going to pay this right away. Ah, uh, I know what you're going to say because I also had this pointed out to me. Go ahead, but not in the news, right? Right. In order to appeal a verdict. You have to put the entire amount of money up in not, escrow. In escrow, right? You can get a bond to do it. Yeah, if you can find some dipshit who goes, well, that's put it. Put up huh? my eighty-three million. That's it. Is is he going to find a bond person who's going to give him eighty-three? And million? also, I found out that you can't use campaign donations to put up escrow for your defamation case. That is crazy. So eighty-three, eighty-three million has to be. Put somewhere. Put somewhere. Liquid. Yeah. Yeah. That seems impossible. Yeah. I mean. He, the smart money says he has about $200 million in cash. Yeah. If he just sold that post office and post office motel. Yeah. I guess it's not a motel. <laughs> the post office motor in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right outside of D.C. Yeah. Where he was putting, uh, oh, the uh, dip diplomats coming over to make a deal with me. Why don't you stay at my hotel for $13,000 a night? <laughs> See what kind of deal you can get. That's the thing. Is this, I, I can't get lost in this. See, Tommy James, what room do you want? Bobby Fuller, what room do you want <laughs> in the hotel? <laughs> well, fuck you. I'm not staying at your bullshit hotel. I'm going to go to the Motel 6 down the road. We Bobby are James. reporting the Motel 6 just burned to the ground. The Motel 6 no longer standing. Just a pile of embers. Tommy of James, you, you like your hotel room that cost 20000 a night? Yeah. 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 And what is this? Rat soup? Delicious. Thank you for <laughs> delivering it to my room. Yeah, this is delicious good. rat soup. Thank rat you. Rat soup. Yeah. Good. It's no really problem. Good. Really good. Yeah. Great. I don't need a blanket. I'm fine. <laughs> and I just want to make music. I used to be allergic to down feathers, but I think I can beat that. <laughs> I think mind over matter. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've been reading The Secret. And the person before me, I guess, was a six-pack-a-day smoker. I guess, <laughs> I guess John Mellencamp was staying in this room before me. Fine. Fine. There's a patina on everything. Do you know that Mellencamp has to wake up at night to smoke? That is his body so addicting. That is frightening. That's gonna. It's gonna. That's gotta catch up at some point. I don't don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) It stunted his growth. That's for sure. (laughs) Now, John Cougar Mellencamp is. I saw. Do you like that? I say John Cougar Mellencamp. Yes. Uh, I John Cougar Mellencamp is someone who also looks further away from you than he is. (laughs) (laughs) But his voice, that smoker's voice, he can't do Frankie Valley. No, 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 no. So yeah, I don't know. I guess he's gonna come up with eighty-three mil to appeal. Mm-hmm. I think that he got explained to him after that how fucked he was, because <laughs> I don't think he knew. I don't understand. So he gets in trouble for saying he never met the woman, and they present evidence like here, here, and here. You've yeah. met. He says that's my wife. <laughs> and he says the photo is blurry when it isn't blurry, which is really funny. Yes. Yeah. And then he loses that case. Mm-hmm. And they say, so now you're going to change your ways? No, I never met that woman in my life. Mm-hmm. And you get sued for the exact same thing. Yeah. And everyone says, this guy should be the leader of the free world. And I said to Lawrence O'Donnell, LOD. Yeah. I said, um, this just, all, all this show really is, is examples of how stupid I am. I said to him, so Eugene Carroll is now ready to go. If he says another word, the whole mechanism is in place. They know what they're doing. They've won twice. They know how to do this. They will just sue him instantly, right? And she's got so much money, she can just hire a guy to listen to everything that Trump <laughs> says and wait. And LOD said, did you say hire a guy? <laughs> I said, yeah, you know, to listen to all the speeches. He said, she's got the New York Times. They're listening to all the speeches. <laughs> People are paying attention and listening for a mention of E. Jean Carroll. She doesn't need to hire a guy. Oh, man. So that's another job I'm not going to (laughs) get. I just booked the sweetest job. E. Jean Carroll just paid me to read the New York Times. (laughs) Not really even read the New York Times. Just the headlines. If the headlines show up, Trump mentions E. Jean Carroll, I just give her a bang on the pipes. And by that, I mean a phone call. Yes. I don't mean raping her in a changing room. That's right. That's right. Which is, uh, speaking, no, not speaking, which at all. Change the subject entirely. (laughs) Running from the subject, I believe. Running from the subject. Yeah. Getting away from the subject. Let's talk about Masterclass. (laughs) Nothing to do with petunias. No. But I bet if, there's no... For platoon, you take that back. Okay, good. Um, I haven't seen this on Masterclass lists. Yes. But I'm sure there's something somewhere that'll help you grow petunias, don't you think? Yes. Masterclass is the greatest thing in the world. And by that's right, I mean maybe. It's uh, lifelong learning. There are incredible instructors. They're the best in every field, which includes, I want to point out, Penn and Teller. They have 11 categories. Yeah. And 180 plus instructors. Yeah. They've been saying 180 plus for too long. It must be 190 plus. I has to be. We're just guessing, of course. Yeah. What are you studying now with uh, Master? I'm still taking the uh, Simon Rushdie uh, book on uh, storytelling and writing. And I'm kind of intrigued about it from a magic perspective too, right? Mm-hmm. He, one of the things he talks about is that, uh, you know, flashbacks, the idea of writing in flashbacks used to be very jarring. But now because of cinema, we're used to starting. So you don't have to start writing at the beginning. You can start wherever, wherever you want, the most compelling area of your character, and then go backwards. Mm-hmm. And we're used to that. And I was listening to that, and I was like, oh, magic tricks and magic. Everyone starts their pattern at the beginning of stuff and goes into a story before they do whatever trick they're going to mm-hmm. do. I was curious if I could challenge myself to, to doing any kind of flashbacks, like starting somewhere and then going backwards to tell the audience something or something along those lines. I was very challenged by the idea. So so it would be the uh, the satanic verses period of Matt Donnelly's- <laughs> yeah, uh, magic, magic writing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I believe I, when I'm done, uh, there'll be a fatwa against me as well. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think it's really great. Uh, one thing he talks about is that some people are very organized. 
and they have what they call like a skeletal structure of the story. Mm-hmm. And then the characters are just like the skin that they put around that skeletal structure. Mm-hmm. Other people are a little more freestyle. And he said, of course, with writing, it's so hard. Just whatever works. I just I just found out that uh, Edward Albee yeah. uh, wrote without any outline whatsoever. That's, that's the thing in. He and was, that makes me happy. It does. He was very encouraging of that. He compared it to cinema. He, he talked about different eras of foreign cinema where they didn't do three-act structures in movies and how much mm-hmm. those movies are still loved mm-hmm. and that he did encourage kind of breaking, breaking those rules. But y- you strike me, you've written a few books. I have. Are you a structure person? No. no. Oh, you really do write freestyle? I do not know where the story is going. Interesting. I would have, I lost a, I lost a bet with myself. I would have thought you were a structure guy. No, I'm no structure at all. I just write and I get really interested in the story and say, where do I want it to go next? Right. And also, uh, Robbie, who does a lot of the editing for me, yeah. it makes him laugh a lot because if Penn and Teller have a gig in Niagara Falls, then all my characters go to Niagara Falls. <laughs> Uh, there are 11 categories, 180 plus instructors. It's lifelong learning. It's lifelong learning. It's an annual, annual membership. And for that annual membership, you are welcome to take all the classes, any and all of the classes. It's incredible. Most people I know started master class for one particular class they wanted and then uh, ended up just digging deeper and deeper and like you with Salman, yeah. Salman Rush. I really just thought he's a fascinating person. Yeah. accomplished well, a lot. Was, yes. And then all of a sudden, boom, as soon as every, almost every sentence he says, you're just like, wow, he's just very good at talking about but it. But all of them are like that. Right. And, uh, I, I haven't listened to the Petunia one. Yeah. But I'm, the ones, the ones that I've, I've heard so far. And I do have to say that it's like every format and it's you, I, yeah, iPad, you can listen to it, you can yeah, watch yeah, it on your yeah, device, yeah. you can watch it on your computer. Yeah, and it's also in color. I mean, yeah. we have to throw that into <laughs> Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash pen. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash pen. Masterclass.com slash pen. E-flat? Was that it? It was really good. I think I got E-flat. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> very, very good. So Glenn, yeah. you know, you know, Glenn, the, Your long, the long-suffering Glenn left me a message and said, we're going to do an interview with Cracked. Cracked. And I said, Cracked, you mean the stupid version of Mad Magazine? That horrible, horrible magazine. Now, did you read Mad or are you too young? No, I read Mad. Mad Magazine. Yeah, yeah. Well, on the rack. I remember. I know exactly was, what you're talking there about. There was also Cracked. Yeah. Cracked, and it always had a whitish cover. It was thinner than Mad, and it was just like if Mad were the Beatles. Yeah, Cracked was like the Trogs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, right now, I'm in Hobby Masters in Red Bank, New Jersey, yeah. looking at the magazine rack. Cracked, and yeah. you would after you read Mad Magazine. Yeah. You you'd ask your you know your dad for a buck. Yeah. You'd go and say, well, I I can't buy Jugs magazine. I'll be yeah. reprimanded. So what's this crack man? I'm years away from learning how to throw that inside an, a Sunday New York Times and buy a Sunday New York Times at the Seven <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> that's an important skill. <laughs> I'm years from that. Yeah, and that skill is useless now because you just go on the web and yeah, yeah. Type in jugs with two G's and there you are. Yeah, I'm disappointed. I'll never teach my kid how to shoplift. But <laughs> here we are. Did you shoplift? Yes. Huh? Yeah. Mostly stroke magazines or other stuff too. Uh, yeah, mo- mostly was just sneaking girly magazines into, into newspapers and then buying that newspaper. And then also, uh, at one point I used to steal things that girls liked. Did you share? Sh- so if they wanted lipstick, so I would steal you, them lipstick. You would steal other boys. <laughs> <laughs> I would put them kind other, of, yeah. well, Things that the girls in your class yeah, yeah, liked, yeah. other boys. You would steal those. <laughs> yeah. Also called kidnapping. Yes. Yeah. But baby wants, baby gets. <laughs> I did not shoplift. Yeah, you're a very ethical person. It, I think I've told this story before, but it's it shows my stupid ethical quality. Yeah. I was doing a juggling show at a talent show. Yeah. And I don't even remember which one of us, but one of us, either Colin or me, yeah. cut our finger really bad. And it was bleeding while we yeah. were juggling. So we ran across the street. We had to go on in like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. We ran across the street 
to a supermarket. Right. And it was really, really crowded. And we needed to get a Band-Aid. And we didn't have time to check out. So there's that little tin of Band-Aids. We opened the tin. We reached in, took like five Band-Aids out, put them in our pocket, and then rolled up a dollar bill and slid it into the container of the Band-Aids and closed it up again. So somebody would buy Band-Aids, and I was thinking how virtuous we are. And then Colin said, someone's going to be bleeding to death, open their Band-Aids, and have a dollar bill in there that doesn't know. <laughs> I was going to say, very spirit of the law, not letter of the law on your part. Or the right, opposite. Spirit yeah. of the law, but not letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was backwards. It was yeah, backwards, yeah. yeah. But I, was, I, did not, I did not steal. Well, I, did that, I mean, I went through that phase as a kid. I didn't, it didn't stay with me when I got older. And now, like if I go to the supermarket or whatever and all of a sudden I found something in my shopping cart that I didn't scan or whatever, I get racked like, with anxiety. Like a monkey? Yeah, like a monkey. And I was like, oh, I was going to pay for that monkey. Mm-hmm. And he was like, ah, keep going. <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, monkeys will do that to you. Monkeys yeah, yeah. Will, will play on your evil side. <laughs> <laughs> monkeys go, cover Bobby Fuller in gasoline. <laughs> no, break his bones first. Boy, one monkey at a time. Too many cooks in this kitchen. <laughs> All right, I'll do both. So cracked. Yeah. If I were going to use the Massachusetts R word that I'm trying not to use anymore. Right, right, right. It would describe Cracked Magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They even had their own Alfred E. Newman who was like a janitor. Yeah, I remember that. Blonde hair and it did, uh, terrible. I remember blonde hair and a painter cap on their mascot. Yeah, yeah. And they would do, ah, terrible. So Glenn calls me up and says, I want you to do an interview with Cracked. I go, gee, you know, when he said Cracked, oh, all I can think of is Cracked magazine. He said, yeah, that one. I said, uh, they want to do an interview with me? <laughs> and now, I believe Cracked evolved, right? Well, that's what we're talking okay. about. Okay. That's the whole point of this. Sorry, I mean, to step so on it. I'm picturing... I'm picturing Cracked Magazine. Yeah. And they're going to have, oh, we're doing a parody of Farts Around the World or something. <laughs> right? And, oh, now an interview with Magician Pendulette. Yeah, yeah. And I, I say to Glenn, so I used to be interviewed by like the New York Times. <laughs> now I'm being interviewed by the magazine you slide into the New York Times to steal it in Red Bank, New Jersey. <laughs> Couldn't you get me an interview with Jugs Magazine? And um, he said, no, no, do it. So I look online quickly and I see, oh, Cracked has changed a lot. Yeah. Because Cracked isn't even a magazine anymore. It's only online. Mm-hmm. And so it's time for my Zoom call okay. with Cracked Magazine. Yeah. You know, and I guess I picture when I enter the Zoom call, it's going to be like a blonde guy in a painter's cap. <laughs> Talking to some AI cartoon. Yeah. And there's this like wicked smart guy, right? Wicked smart. And he has, I will tell you, with without a qualification, we start doing the interview. Yeah. It is the most intellectual interview I have ever done. Oh, hilarious. And 20 minutes in, I go, and we're doing this for Cracked Magazine? He goes, yeah, it's changed a lot. <laughs> I go, but this is the, like, the, 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 the incredibly, st- I use the R word, the incredibly stupid magazine that was, like, trying to be mad. And he said, yes, it's, it's that very one. It's, it's, that, it's that one. And I said, and they hired you? Why did they hire you? <laughs> and he goes, it has changed. We're trying to do a um, a series on um, comedians talking about their political and moral beliefs. I said, oh, okay. Wow. So I talked to this guy. It's a 20-minute interview. I talked to him for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And I say at the end, this is the most incredible interview I've ever done. It's with Cracked. So I say to Glenn, Oh, good. Oh, good. So uh, I've done this interview. It was an amazing interview. I really enjoyed doing it. And now no one will see it. <laughs> you just have me talk to a smart guy who works for a stupid thing. Yeah. So what are we doing? 
it comes out and everybody says, so the greatest interview I've ever seen with you, Pat. It's just the greatest interview. I mean, Jonathan Rausch, you know, Jonathan Rausch, yeah. you don't get smarter than Jonathan Rausch. Finally Inquisitors. Yeah. I get, uh, I get a email from him saying your interview in Cracked was amazing. Yeah, it's. I guess Cracked is passed around the think tank where he works in I, Washington. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, and he says uh, you weren't only funny, smart, and articulate, but it was also a wise interview. He uses the word wise. He said that's the highest compliment I can give anybody. And then, like you know, my uh, my high school girlfriend who I'm friends with, who's wicked smart, you know, evolutionary biologist, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Oh, you were great in Cracked, Andrew Hickey. 500 songs. Boy, everybody's talking about your interview in Cracked. Man, I mean, I've always said that when I said, I joke with Ice Cream Social, I always says dumb jokes for smart people mm -hmm. was how I like to talk about Ice Cream Social. And boy, what you're talking about is like, this is what really is happening. It's like smart people turn to Cracked <laughs> for their blow off. And they're like, oh, I like this. And when you go to the webpage, yeah. they, there's nothing that looks at all like Cracked except the font. Which they've kept that cheap yeah, that ass. sharp, sharp B. Yeah. Every letter is super sharp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've kept it. And with a crack in the middle of it. Yeah. Cracked. Cracked. Hey. All right. Now we're on to intellectual <laughs> ideas and moral findings. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Cracked. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, that's where we go. Uh, that's incredible. All right. Well, now I got to go to this. I gotta, now I got to go to fucking Cracked now. I got to do this. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Matt Donnelly, he, he just, he reads crack. He used to read the New York Times every day, but now yeah, he's The new drinking game will be whenever we mention cracked instead of the New York Times on this podcast. <laughs> I went, I went and read like one article at cracked and went, this is pretty good. How could that be? How could that be? It was like when BuzzFeed went on a tear for a while. Remember yeah, like BuzzFeed yeah. for a while was doing the only investigative journalism yeah. on the internet yeah. for like a year. Yeah. Uh, this is bizarre. Yeah. Crazy. So Daily Beast got back in touch with me and said, we were really interested in your cracked article. Could you, your cracked interview, could you write a uh, long piece? I like that this is a fucking hip check to every reporter who's wasted their time with you, right? We're intellectual. We're talking to a dumb juggler magician. We'll, we'll just try to make it super fun for the kids. A break from the news when we talk to Penn. And then someone took you seriously. And they're like, shit, we should have been talking to this guy for real the whole time. Yeah, crack. I looked at clown college graduate and didn't take him seriously. <laughs> but cracked sure did. I took this guy right on the margin. They went, ooh, he went to college. <laughs> it's just the goofy. I'm telling you, it was the best interview I've ever had. That is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I guess on a podcast and they've researched a thing about me, I'm like, whoa. I was just so used to just explaining myself every time. <laughs> I was like, oh, you actually looked at something or read something. <laughs> and I got to tell you, as a podcast interviewer, I'm not the best at researching either. Yeah. So it's, it's that's always refreshing when someone really, really does a little bit of research and, and takes you up. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Although it bothers me a little bit because sometimes they correct me on things I'm supposed to know about myself. <laughs> No, 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 Penn. You're from Greenfield, Massa. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Turner's Falls. <laughs> Greenfield, right? Yeah, Greenfield, right. And you had the idea for the Burying the Seed catalog. Yeah, yeah. That was my idea. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not my best, maybe. And now you didn't know who was playing the Super Bowl when everyone also didn't know who was playing <laughs> the Super that's Bowl. That's correct. Yeah, okay. That's correct. Fair, did, fair, did, fair, fair. I didn't know. Boy, people laugh a lot at that. <laughs> Lawrence O'Donnell, Lawrence O'Donnell said, I have often said, I don't even know who's playing, but I waited to say that until I was fairly sure other people did. <laughs> he said, I didn't even know, as Lawrence O'Donnell often says, I didn't even know that level of stupidity could exist. <laughs> oh, I also got a promise. From Lawrence O'Donnell, which I, which I think is a promise we should be making. Everybody should be getting this promise from somebody. Yeah, I said to Lawrence, you know, I I watch the news, 
and except for how much joy you get saying defendant Trump. If you've ever wanted to see, I mean, if you're watching like on Pornhub, yeah. a reverse gangbang yeah. of a guy being pleasured by five porn stars, right. and you say, boy, that guy looks happy, yeah. that must be about as happy as a person can get. Yeah. Watch Lawrence O'Donnell yeah. any night on Last Word on MSNBC. Mm -hmm. Watch when he says the two words, Defendant Trump, oh. the joy that comes across his face. I would like to feel that just once in my life. <laughs> I would like to feel as happy as Lawrence O'Donnell is yeah. when he says, Defendant Trump. So I said it's to like, him. Uh, as I, or when I hear, we don't upcharge for guacamole. You know, like that's <laughs> that level. Surely you must charge something for guacamole. Yeah. No, not here. You can just have all the, all the guacamole you want. All the guac, all the guac you want. Yeah, oh. defending Trump. Yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah. I'm just sick of watching the news. I, I, I don't. It's like there has to be other things happening, right? <laughs> so I said to Lawrence O'Donnell, "Yeah, will you make me a solemn promise right now? As of right this second, I am not going to vote for Trump for president." My vote will not go to Trump. I've decided that based on the news that I've read and what I know so far. Right. Will you promise me that if you think that changes and I should vote for Trump, that you'll tell me? Because <laughs> I wouldn't want to have that kind of shift happen and not know it. That's how, I mean, that's how, yeah. And Lawrence O'Donnell said, if you should vote for Trump, I will call you immediately. I said, good. I don't have to watch anything else. <laughs> I'm totally in agreement with you. Because <laughs> that's it. I get forwarded memes from people all the time. And it's like, I, like I, I don't, I already talk about how, like, no matter what channel you're watching, mm -hmm. no matter what side of the aisle you're on, to look at the screen is to get angry. Yeah. You know, that's it. Yeah. And so it is an appointment to be mad. Yeah. It is an appointment to spend your life being afraid or upset about or angry or wanting to hurt somebody or whatever. Who cares? There's not a chance to vote for Trump exactly. Let me know if all of a sudden I, we should. Yeah. 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 Something happens. And also like, uh, we, oh, 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 well, you could be part, you don't like snow days? Yeah. Back before there was the internet? Yeah. If there were, do you have snow days in Jersey? You oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you did? Because in Massachusetts, we had snow days. Yeah. And there would be, what was it called? A, a, a telephone tree? Yes. Yeah, telephone tree, and you had to call like five people. The next people, people to yeah, yeah, those yeah, schools yeah. close. It was kind of like uh, a chain letter yeah. that worked, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they also did it like for the five-mile hike for yeah. boys. I had to send $5 to the person who called me. Is that <laughs> how it worked for you? Well, if it was me, yeah. <laughs> so we'll have a chain here. Yeah. If it's time to vote for Trump, yeah. Lawrence O'Donnell will call me. Yeah. I'll call you. Okay, great. And you can also tell somebody yeah. you'll call them. Yeah. And we're going to be, we'll be conscientious. Yeah. We'll be conscientious. If Lawrence O'Donnell calls and goes, whoa, I never thought this would happen, but it's the best bet for us to vote for Trump. And I know like we're going to be, like we're going to be told this is the most important election ever. Mm -hmm. And then I also know historically, we're always told lame duck presidents can't accomplish shit. <laughs> and this election is an election between two lame duck presidents. Which couldn't have ha ever happened I before. I don't think it could have How happened How could it have before. happened before? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's, there's, there's such a, there, in Trump's case, I can only think of Nixon as someone who lost to came back later and ran again. But then you still have to be up against someone who's a lame but duck But he had one. Also, right. You have to have one. Yeah. You have to have won and lost. And then try and to win again. And then run against someone who's already running for re-election. Someone will tell us, but this has to be a first. Yeah. Unless someone tells us differently. Yeah. There's one I'm forgetting who it was. He's, if it's going to be like Quincy Adams, I don't care. <laughs> it's Somebody be... came back and won. Okay. Quincy, who came back and won? I can't remember. Someone will tell us. But well, I'm, I'm going to have a real hard time thinking that this is the most important election in the world. Ever. Yeah. In the history of mankind. Except Cat says Grover Cleveland. I haven't checked it. Okay. Grover Cleveland. Oh, Gro of oh, Grover Cleveland. Of course, Grover Cleveland. And we all know how effective he was. <laughs> we can all name his five greatest accomplishments as president. 
Besides having the fucking most likable name ever created. Yes, yes, I was just going to say that. That's a likable name (laughs) for a a, president. Real pedigree. I'm like, of course I'll vote for Grover Cleveland. Of course you would. I'll also bring him biscuits or pie. (laughs) Whatever Grover wants. It's Grover Cleveland. He's a sweet guy. Yeah. Yeah. Chad also says Teddy Roosevelt, which is the one that was in my head. Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, right. Teddy Roosevelt does get in your head. (laughs) (laughs) Was that with the bull moose run? Man, it would be great if that party stuck around. That's a fun one. The Bull Moose Party. Bull Moose is a good name. great name, name for a party. For and then we would have, see, the, the problem is the two parts. It's funny enough yeah. to have an elephant and a donkey. Those are funny. Those are funny. But if, boy, if you brought a moose in too, yeah. elephant, donkey, you could almost do Bullwinkle, you know? <laughs> and Bull Moose is the part that's a male moose, right? Like, don't think for a second it's a woman moose. Right. That's why it's Bull yeah. Moose. Yeah. No, yeah, it's not called, not called the Cow Moose Party. <laughs> Yeah, Cop. I'll make sure it's a very masculine moose. Not the calf moose party. No, no. The bull Fully grown. party. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you know that bull is in bullshit? That's just bull? The shit is added on later. It's not cut off to be clean? Wait. Just, just. Let me process the word this. Bull. Yeah. So, but we always, we said bull first, we added shit later? Yeah. So, we used to just say bull. And then we went to shorten it to bull when we didn't want to curse anyway. Right. So shit's just this temporary thing that we've attached. Shit was just added, yeah. yeah. Shit was just added to be more or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like you think- What a load of bull is, yeah. a, is OG. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's OG. The other thing is, you, what's really funny to say is try saying fucker instead of motherfucker. It's really funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's that, a fucker. That fucker. Yeah, it's really well, that funny. That is more satisfying. It, it is funny. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. forget what country it is, but it translates to horse penis for bullshit. You say horse penis, whatever the term is in that language. But, uh, oh, yeah, I guess that's true, because horse, because bullshit has its uses as fertilizer, yeah. Yeah. and we all know that horse penis has its uses. <laughs> no one denies. Well, we're going to say something about- uh, I just, the both, both lame duck presidents. Right. Both lame duck presidents, but we have not had this. Okay, fuck Grover Cleveland, fuck Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> We've not had two lame duck presidents running against each other. One who says outright, "I'm going to be a dictator." <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Grover Cleveland. No. Never used the word dictator as a positive. Not thing. at all. Never. Not Grover. No. Not Grover. No. I feel not like our I'm, Grover. Not our Grover. Grover Cleveland. Anyway. I, um, I'm going to start clutching my pearls and saying Grover would not approve. That's right. When I hear things about you start wearing, You know, I wore pearls. Do you know I wore pearls? <laughs> I All the time I was on Broadway, I, wore, I always wore a string of pearls as a necklace, and I loved it. And then the New York Times did a thing on Broadway stars, mm-hmm. and they wanted to uh, take a picture of me and Patti Lapone, I think. Mm-hmm. And they said, can you take your pearls off? And they thought it was uh, gender confusing. Isn't that weird? That is weird. The I mean, New York Times. I, can you imagine that now? They no. wouldn't do that now. No, no, no. no, no. But I used to love wearing pearls. I wore a nice string of pearls on my necklace. Really? All the time, yeah. I thought it was a cool thing. Kind of a choker, not like oh, yeah, yeah. outside my clothes, but like I wear a necklace. Was this you're hanging out with Lou? Yeah. That feels like Lou. That feels like something Lou would approve. Yeah, Lou, Lou approved of the pearls. Yeah, yeah, Lou yeah, had no yeah. problem with the pearls. Um, <sighs> Barry Freeman, yeah. our uh, dear, dear friend. Um, died last week and, uh, it's been a tough week for everybody and, uh, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to do this without, without marking his passing. Uh, Perry was, uh, one of the founders of Excite, remember the old Mm -hmm. website and he also, uh, wrote whatever poker software you're using, uh, Perry wrote it and Perry also, I mean, we're talking about a smart cat. Very smart guy. Uh, Perry, uh, Perry got a law degree for kicks, just for something to do. Yeah, he became a lawyer just because he, he thought it'd be really funny to fight his own parking tickets and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then during that process, you know, was in school with a bunch of more younger, eager law students. And so he took them out to dinner all the time. Mm-hmm. And then when he became a lawyer, he uh, enjoyed that path so much he set up a, a scholarship yep. for, for other people to become lawyers. Yeah. Incredibly... Generous guy with no self-aggrandizement whatsoever. None. In his generosity. Never. Never. Ever. Almost didn't want to get caught 
mm-hmm. wanting his money for a second yeah. and yet never bullshitted about it either. It's a really strange characteristic. Uh, since I went to Vegas, I've been around a lot of wealthy people and, mm-hmm. and, and being a not wealthy person. I'll be honest, like I'm used to being like, you, you can watch very rich people get challenged in conversations and they tend to kind of almost bully back sometimes. Like anyways, I've, I've earned my way here. Let's stop talking about this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. Never with Perry. Perry was really wonderful and uh, uh, pancreatic cancer. Yeah, which is uh, which is everybody knows is 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 a bear. It's it's terrible. Yeah, and uh, it's a uh, it's a horrible way to die. Perry was at the uh, the Cleveland Clinic and he got the best care he could. And uh, Emily, my wife, was there uh, helping a lot, being an advocate for him. Yeah, and his wife was there, and his yeah. and his son. He was uh, what we consider very young. I don't know how old he was, in his 40s. 55? Yeah. I still had him in his 40s. I keep people. Yeah, yeah, when you first met yeah, him. Or, I still uh, see you in your early 30s. Are you still in your early no, 30s? No, I'm 45. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, uh, it was terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where he, he, we knew he was you know, going from hospital to hospital. We knew it was kind of a, a, a dire prognosis. And it's always surprising when you think you prepared yourself for something and then it happens and boy, it just, you can't prepare yourself for grief ahead of time. And it is devastating. You can't. And we also, uh, we also saw him very late. We had a, uh, a gathering over zoom yeah. with a bunch of his friends and it was very hard after that to remember he was that sick because yeah. he was, he was funny and with it and yeah, everything else. And, uh, it's also one of the things that makes me, you know, the thing that keeps popping up, which is the pandemic was real. It really did take away years of our lives. Mm-hmm. And we, I saw Perry a lot before the pandemic, and I did not see Perry that much after the pandemic and enduring, obviously. And, and so I, I feel personally very upset that I, all my pictures with him are from before the pandemic, that kind of stuff. It just was like, wait a minute, I really did get robbed of a friendship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also as you get older, that, it fades away too, you know. Yeah. You get, you, you know, your children are, are are there taking more of your time that you used to just fuck around. Yeah, and gosh, he was just, he was a, just to say he's just such a carefree guy. He really wanted so much fun in the moment at all times, and was always willing to just be a wise ass and kick shit up or fuck with people or do anything, but all with like a shit eating grin on his face. Just really. Really like messing with people. And only wanted to eat at Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Where you have a wealthy, wealthy person yes. who only wants yeah. Outback Steakhouse. Like he could have us he could have hired an Australian chef and he did yeah. not. And he did not. The only place he ever wanted to go yeah. was Outback Steakhouse. Yeah. Where he went all the time. Yeah. I don't even know if there are there Outback Steakhouse anymore. There's a bunch. He, he was keeping them in business. I think so. <laughs> was any, for someone else who's just as upset as we are, it is the Outback Steakhouse franchise. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, the, the, again, like the things you kick yourself for is that, you know, his, his, he flew home once, uh, once he was in the hospital to go to Outback Steakhouse with his friends. It was during Fool Us. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't go. And I just was mad that I, I missed that, that opportunity, that kind of stuff. It stinks, but he was... Uh, there's a great story in the poker news. Ran as it ran, ran an obituary. Did you read the story? No. Some guy was um, I forget his name. So he also won two bracelets. Yeah, he won also won that up. two bracelet poker player. Really good poker player. Really good Omaha player. Wicked smart guy. I think it might just be the one. I thought he won one early and then won an Omaha bracelet later, but maybe I'm wrong. But I thought I thought in the very early days of the World Series you won a bracelet. But I'm I I believe it's just I'm going off of stories and not facts. We have it both ways now, so we're good. <laughs> fair, fair. A gentleman was hired when Full Tilt was hiring a bunch of poker players. They had to have an official person in charge of poker, a poker expert. Mm-hmm. And so this guy was embarrassed to have this job of poker expert around a bunch of famous poker players. And of course, there was a weekly poker game at the office. And, uh, you know, you sit around poker playing, you, you, you make up, you know, different topics of conversation. And so, you know, he just said, you know, Sequoia is the only word in the English language that uses all the vowels in one word. And Perry just goes, bullshit, there has to be another one. And he goes, no, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure that, that, that that's what I've heard. And so, yeah, no, I believe it's the only that, the only word that it is. He goes, I'll bet you $10. I can think of another word besides Sequoia that all the vowels. 
He goes, uh, fine, uh, I'll take your $10 bet. And he goes, raises his hand, Sequoias. <laughs> so he said it was the first of many times I paid Perry Friedman for a dumb bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a perfect Perry ball busting story. I that's love the that perfect. That's a perfect Perry yeah. story. You know ya too, by the way. Oh, there you go. You know yes. So I was so caught up in you know ya <laughs> that uh, I didn't think of sequoias. <laughs> I don't. Yes. I, I don't know if you know yes. Yeah, I don't know if that is. Can you pluralize it or not? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I simply just miss Perry and don't want to make jokes about it. That's not my way of uh, of release. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. All I want is stories when someone passes. I think mm -hmm. I just, I want, I wish more people were posting stories. I just want to hear as many real stories like the one I just told. I just want them so badly. I think, I think having those stories is the, is a great way to keep remembering people and yep. having a funny story to tell. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have a, or a non funny story. Yeah. Like he gave lots of scholarship <laughs> yeah, like to lawyers. There are better, there Not are more. particularly funny. Yeah. But still a wonderful, wonderful story. Yeah. Yeah, well, goodbye, Perry. And that was Penn Sunday School, brought to you by Masterclass. Masterclass. And I guess we should tell you that you can go 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash pen. pen. Masterclass.com slash pen. And uh, that was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday School. Oh, cha-cha-cha. You become naked. <laughs> You enjoy playing the piano for the cha-cha-cha. I always love the jam on the top of the piano. You know, we love you in E-flat. Hey, Matt Donnelly, you got anybody to thank? Yeah, I want to thank the following people who support us over at patreon.com slash pen. Go over there right now if you want to check out all the things we offer, find people. But these folks help keep us in business. Colin Durham, Susie Feller, Lancey Minshew, Harlan Liam Clark, Michelle Yeiser, Brogan Hastings, Placida Scott, Damian Martin, Garth Reynolds, Adam Luce, Red Random, and he loved it, Timo Tihoff, Terry, Scott Kelly, Kirk Barrett, Adam Burzens, Carlos Alvarez, Michael Cornwall, Robbie Allegar, Ross Devereaux, Ryan Matthews, Jeff Bakker, Michael Torbay, Ilan Lee, Jeff Loomis, Jacob McCauley, Bin Bin Kubenik, Bin Bin Kubenik, I, I nailed it. <laughs> Nicole Martin, Music Man, Keith Corning, No Thank You Daddy, Rachel Hawkins, Jake Schneider, Pete Hoke, Kelly McCauley, Corey Mitchell, Robin Garnett, UpturnCoach.com, turn up your profit, uh, not your budget. Love, Julie, Lynn, and Tom. Obi Dimitrian Jr., Jeremy R. 22, Winter Rierkowski, Kristen Kladek, Hadi Wambi, Michael Cohen, Quiet Numbskulls on Broadcasting. Dr. Scoop Little, Jeremiah Jenkins, Piff the Magic Dragon, buy a book at PiffTheMagicDragon.com. <laughs> Alexander Hoffman, Danny Olwine, and Stephen Volcano, thank you so much. Thank you! I don't know how we got through a card catalog segment without talking about the Muda Museum. I know, that's oh, true. Right.